Welcome everyone to another Daily Fantasy Dudes podcast. And sadly, it's the final week of the regular season in the NFL. Definitely not a date that I look forward to every year because I know the season is nearing the end. Granted, we have playoffs and you can still play some Daily Fantasy in the playoffs. But for me, it's that 17-week grind that is so much fun. And granted, I'll probably be drinking less beer and eating less pizza as time goes on here before next season, which is probably a good thing. I'm going to miss playing my weekly daily fantasy football as always. But let's get right to the Week 17 attack. I can tell you that going into the week, the one team that I won't be playing with at all is Washington as they've pretty much got nothing to play for. No official word is out as of yet, but uh, the general consensus is it's unlikely that they will be playing their starters beyond the first half. So I'm skipping all Redskins this week for that reason. Let's move right in and do the quarterback rundown. Here, I'll definitely be going cheap. The vast majority of these guys, I think, have great upside and are very much on a discount price. This week, at all the positions, you know, obviously you're looking for games where something matters or two teams that, you know, aren't good teams that necessarily are just playing out the string. That's also a good situation. Take into account New Orleans versus Atlanta. I think everybody knows there's plenty of fantasy goodness in that game. But I think one of the keys is look around and see what kind of records guys are going for. I mean, are they about to hit 4,000 yards as a quarterback, for instance? And the first one I'm mentioning here, Ryan Fitzpatrick, very good value, playing at Buffalo where he used to play. Plenty of motivation there. And you've got a game that they need to win, a banged-up defense for Buffalo, and the opportunity to hit 4,000 yards for Ryan Fitzpatrick, easily his best season. Moving on, the next one, Eli Manning, another cheap option. He's playing Philadelphia at home. Now, granted, I wish Chip Kelly could have waited one more week to get fired, and I'm very happy that he did. Chip Kelly, sorry. It didn't work in Philly. The guy's ego got the best of him, I think. The team is just a mess right now based on what he did this past offseason in particular. Never been a real big Chip Kelly fan. But I wish he would have been there for this one last game because I think that would have been even more motivation for the Giants to uh, really take it to Philadelphia. However, I still think this is a great spot for a bounce back for Eli. First of all, he'll have Odell Beckham back after he did his craziness in week 15 and was suspended in week 16. So he'll be back. And I also have a gut feeling that Tom Coughlin will be moving on after this season. So I think it's a great spot for the team to really give their coach a great send off with a big win over Philadelphia. I really like the matchup here. And the game I mentioned before, both quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, very cheap at 5,500. In what should be a shootout, he's got plenty of weapons. We'll talk a little bit later about Julio Jones. Drew Brees, now the only fear on Drew, granted he's a little more expensive than the rest of the guys on most sites, but that foot injury certainly is a concern. Still, if he's out there, you know he's going to give it his best effort. He's really been hooking up lately very well with Brandon Cooks. I kind of think Drew's going to be throwing the ball a ton if he's out there. Keep an eye on his status. Chances are he's going to play. It's just a matter of how mobile is he going to be able to be with that foot. Moving on to running back, I think the one premier kind of upper-level price guy that I'll go with is D'Angelo Williams. Pittsburgh will need this game. They're playing in the early game, so they won't know what Kansas City did. All the motivation to go out and try to win this game. 
And at Cleveland, good matchup. He's also sitting at 899 yards coming in, so you'll know they'll want him to get up to the 1,000 level. Uh, he'll get plenty of touches. And one note, Big Ben, his road splits have been terrible this year. I still do have a great confidence in Antonio Brown, which we'll cover in the wide receiver section. But that's another reason why maybe D'Angelo Williams gets a lot of targets in this one. Moving on, everybody else is going to be a value play because my core goal this week is to get elite receivers into my lineup as much as possible. So Rashard Jennings, people haven't really noticed, he's going to be playing at home against those Philadelphia Eagles. Very cheap. He's 3700 on DraftKings, but he's been very consistent hitting double digits the last three, and he's still very much a great price. I think he'll get plenty of opportunities. Typically, they give him at least 20 touches a week or right around there. So good spot for Rashard Jennings at a very cheap price. Cameron Artis Payne for Carolina playing against Tampa Bay. Kind of the last man standing there among the Carolina running backs. And again, salary relief option here. He should get Got to figure at least 15 touches. Jeremy Langford also for the Chicago Bears playing at Detroit. And keep an eye on the status of Matt Forte. But realistically, I think the Bears know their future is far more likely in Langford's hands. And we'll look to go ahead and give him most of the action, even if Matt Forte plays. 3,900 on DraftKings. And I like that he's playing at Detroit. Kind of a tough matchup. But again, both teams with not a whole lot to play for, so the defenses might not be as intense as normal. And finally, Ronnie Hillman, if C.J. Anderson is out, and it's kind of an iffy all week on his status, I really like Ronnie Hillman as Denver host San Diego Hillman at 4200 on DraftKings. Now moving on to wide receiver, and here's where most of my money is going to be focused. Julio Jones is number one. He has dropped down to 8500 on DraftKings, Not quite as much of a drop on some of the other sites. I think he needs around 250 yards to break Calvin Johnson's yardage record, single-season yardage record, and not much more, 278, to become the first player ever with 2,000 yards. And I guarantee you, with that weak New Orleans Saints defense, if he gets off to a hot start, they're going to feed him the ball all day long. So that record, as crazy as it sounds to have that many yards in one game, I think it's within range. So that's one reason I'll be all over Julio Jones. We already spoke a little bit about Odell Beckham. He'll be back, and I'm sure he's going to want to help send Coughlin out. I really do believe that this will be Coughlin's final game as the coach of the New York Giants. In the next, Antonio Brown. There's nobody on Cleveland who can guard this guy. Their DBs are, are very weak right now, missing their one stud. So target mania here for Antonio Brown. And a good chance, too, that... Martavis Bryant is going to be out. He's questionable right now, but if he's out, certainly Antonio just becomes more of a target. But even if Bryant plays, if he's playing banged up, I'd say Antonio will be getting the ball. He's obviously Ben's favorite receiver. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see 15 catches. And if you want to pivot off and go for a couple guys that'll be a little bit less owned and cost a little less, love A.J. Green. They're playing Baltimore at home. The Ravens defense likely put out their final great effort last week and stunning the Steelers. So don't figure on them stopping A.J. Green. And again, a little bit of lower ownership and salary relief compared to those elite price guys. And finally, I would say either one of Brandon Marshall or Eric Decker offers you a good opportunity to pair with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And again, both are in that next tier down on the pricing scale. 
Moving on to tight end, largely, I'm just going to go with the cheaper guys here. Now, Greg Olson obviously will be a great option. He's 6,800 on DraftKings, playing at home against Tampa Bay. Ginn is likely out for Carolina with that running back situation already all banged up. Expect Olsen to get a ton of targets, but the key is can you work him into your lineup or not? He might be a guy that you think about two elite wide receivers and then find a way to get an Olsen and then play around with the cheaper running backs and, of course, the quarterback. So he's the one expensive guy I'll mention. The others, Zach Ertz has been on fire lately. Now, granted, I, I wish this wasn't the week they fired Kelly because I don't know exactly what that might mean to their offense. But really, they can't change a whole lot. It's the final week of the season. He's been on fire lately. I would expect him to, again, get plenty of targets, and he's very cheap. Eric Ebron is another one that I'd consider. He's at minimum price on DraftKings. Again, a way to get other receivers of higher prices into your lineup. And finally, Jacob Tammy playing for Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. He should get plenty of targets, $3,300 on DraftKings. And going against that New Orleans defense that isn't very good against the pass in general and has been pretty terrible against the tight end. So those three cheaper guys may not have blow-up games, but if they can at least hit value, that frees up salary for possibly taking some of those elite wide receivers who could indeed have those blow-up games in the 40-plus range. And finally, on the defenses, I think the Cowboys are probably the safest of the uber-cheap options, 2100 on DraftKings. There's been no official word, like I said, but the general consensus is the Skins aren't going to play too many of their regulars beyond the first half or so. So Dallas may be getting a backup quarterback. If you need to go real cheap, not a bad option. Of the kind of upper-tier teams that I would look at, Patriots at Miami, plenty of motivation for New England, and Miami is definitely prone to not showing up some weeks. If you want to go more expensive at defense, the Panthers are in a good spot and certainly will want to get that best record to ensure the home field. And finally, I'm just kind of a gut feeling on this one. Green Bay hosting Minnesota in what is sure to be a frozen tundra. It's supposed to be in the low 20s by game time, as that's the game that got moved to the Sunday night game. Something tells me the Packers are going to make it tough on Bridgewater and the Vikings. So a defensive score here would not be a shock. And at 2,500 on DraftKings, they are one of the cheaper defenses you can play with some definite upside possibilities there. And that'll wrap up the Daily Fantasy Dudes podcast. But be sure and check out the website Sunday morning. As always, I'll have updated information, injury situations, and whatever is breaking on Sunday morning a couple of hours before the first game start. I'll also have some actual lineups posted so you can check those out. And that's all at DailyFantasyDudes.com. 